My guest today is an amazing singer, songwriter, and solo artist. He was also a member of Genesis. I'm talking about Ray Wilson. Ray, thanks for being here. Hello, my friend. How are you? Hello there. So, uh, 4.30 afternoon Poland time, what's your regular day like that I pulled you away from for the interview? Um, today, I'm normally uh, dealing with kind of business stuff because I have an office next to my apartment and I have uh, a couple of girls working there, one who deals with accounts and stuff and one who deals with tour management type stuff. So. Normally, I'm uh, just organizing gigs and uh, dealing with, you know, account stuff and shit like that. But I'm also doing a, a new album next year will be released. So I'm kind of working on the uh, demos because I've done we've done all of the demos. We're just basically going through the songs and making little changes here and there. But that's also what I'm doing, working on a new album. That's great. So is that going to be um, just another sort of Ray Wilson solo album, or are you working with Stiltskin okay. again? Or It'll be a, a little bit like the Chasing Rainbows album I did, so it's very similar to that. I'm a big fan of your work. Obviously, first heard you with Genesis on Calling All Stations, which I love that album. I, I followed your career after, I mean, and uh, all the solo albums have been great, and, and the last uh, couple, Unfulfillment and, and Chasing Rainbows, have been fantastic, so... Uh, you know, I, I, it, I really was pushing to try and speak to you because I know um, in the States, it's, it's not uh, where everybody gets to always hear what you're doing. So I thought it would be a, you know, a great thing. I've never uh, really done anything in America. So, you know, it's um, a bit of a kind of, you know, I, I, ironically, I love most of the music I listen to is American, but <laughs> <laughs> I've never really uh, been able to do anything over there. Yeah, um, but it's weird because a lot of the Prague uh, stuff, or, um, and I don't know if maybe you're, you consider your solo albums uh, Prague, really, um, but sort of the oh. artists that are in that, that genre and stuff, it's a lot bigger in Europe and, and uh, Asia and things like that. And in the States, it's harder. Um, rock in general, it's hard in America these days, to be honest. Well, I mean, it's hard everywhere. I yeah. think, you know, there's so much... Um, there's so much out there, right? Um, that you know, it, it's tough. It's tough everywhere. <laughs> I get, I get. You know, at, at my at my at my stage in in my career, um, I guess over the last twenty years, I've been selling records and promoting and stuff in Europe. And I guess I've got to a stage now where I don't even really think about uh, markets anywhere else because not because I I don't you know I I don't like American people or I don't like you know Australian people or whatever I just feel that unless you're in the machine right uh, trying to market in in different markets like that is is practically impossible yeah. so I don't bother with it anymore. <laughs> well. Well, you know, now we everybody can get everything online, and 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 we can we can find all the music. So that that's the beauty of of that. Um, a good thing. People, yeah. So, you know. talking about the the twenty year you know career that you had with the the concert DVD and and, and the double CD that that came out, um, which is amazing. Is that is that plans for that to be available in the states yet? Or I know maybe that was in the works. 
Well, the guys, the guy that the guys that did it produced it in um, what is Zone B or whatever the fuck it is. I forget. The, right. the basically a zone that's European, right? Um, and they didn't produce it in this NT. I think it's NTSC that that is a worldwide. Uh, uh, world format or whatever, yeah. Format, yes, that's the word I was looking for. Um, so they didn't produce it NTSC, which, you know, I was told is slightly lesser quality than than what we have produced it in for European people. But but unfortunately, American people then can't watch it unless they're looking at it on their computer, or if they have a multi-regional DVD player. Right. Um, so. Would I do it again for the states? I don't think there's any point, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I don't. I think it would cost me more money than it's worth doing. And right. uh, um, nowadays, for those for those people in America that, that do buy stuff from me, I mean, there are there are people that order my albums and stuff from my shop or whatever uh, from from the states. But uh, you know, it's not so much that it's really worth even thinking about, to be honest. With you. Right. I get that. I get it. Um, when you were putting the show together, you know, when you were starting out, could you have imagined that you would have this long career and that you would have all this music to pull from and that you would be, you know, including Genesis material in it? I mean, is that does that hit you at any point when you're putting together a concert like this? I guess not. Not anymore. I mean, it, it is. If I did stop to think about it, I guess it is quite unusual. To I mean, even to exist commercially for twenty years is quite an achievement in in, in today's market. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I'm I'm very, uh, you know, happy with my career, proud of what I've been involved with, and I think I'm most pleased with the fact that I can still do it and I can produce products to this quality that I can actually afford to produce products to this kind of quality. And and do concerts with you know nine or eleven people in the band and uh, L acoustics PA systems and good quality stuff. You know it's it's nice that I can do that. I don't really think when I was when I was twenty one or or playing in bands in clubs or pubs. I, I don't think I ever really looked this far ahead. Although I always believed I would have a career in music. I never doubted that really from the age of. 13 or 14 when I started singing I always believed that I could do something in this business just because God had given me a voice and I was lucky and when I couple that with the kind of character I am which is very determined which when I was younger I was very aggressive and then I managed to channel it into positive aggression and, and pushing myself forward in my life so I've always had this incredible self-belief that you know, I don't think for a minute that I'm Bruce Springsteen, you know, or David Bowie, but uh, I know that I, you know, I'm I'm good at what I do, and people enjoy what I do, and that, you know, I'm just going to keep on doing it, and that's that's my focus. Yeah, that's great, man. Um, you know, when you're putting together the set list, was that a challenge for you, or or, or how do you know what what you want to pick from to include in it? Well, the guys, when I record, I recorded this this. Uh, DVD in uh, Radio Troika, which is is kind of like BBC in, in Poland, and um, they basically wanted me to put a few Genesis songs in there because in this country, 
my first success was with Genesis and um, they filmed the Genesis concert that I played here and they filmed it on national television, the whole concert. So it was like two hours and 20 minutes of like the main TV channel here. So this was back in, uh, in 1998, you know, so uh, in Poland there wasn't the, the, the same amount of music available in terms of live concerts that there are now. Now everybody plays here from, you know, from uh, Lenny Kravitz to Pearl Jam to Metallica. Today Iron Maiden are playing in, in my town where I'm living. So it has everything now. But right. then, then it, it didn't have quite so much going on. So they broadcast the whole Genesis concert on mainstream television. So subsequently I've had a very strong audience here, uh, also in Germany, for all of that time. and. When I did this product, the radio station asked if I put a few Genesis songs in, so I decided to choose the ones that I liked the most from from the songs I play, and also the songs that I felt I I did best. You know, so I didn't, for example, put something like Invisible Touch in, which I'm, you know, I sing okay, but I don't sing it as well as Phil does because um, it doesn't suit my voice in the same way. Right. But then. Example: If I do a song like "Mama," I think I sing a song like "Mama" very well. It suits my voice. Um, so I basically chose songs that I was good at, and chose songs, a couple of songs that are from the the Calling All Stations album. I was going to ask you why why you chose "Mama." That's, that's one of the questions I had written down, which is a really killer performance. Do you have a preference, just Genesis wise, like '70s or '80s? Do you do you sort of like any any uh, incarnation better? My, my favorite time actually was when Phil started singing, um, which I, I guess most people wouldn't expect me to say. Right. But I really like that period when they did, an, they did the album called Trick of the Tale, which I think is their best album from my point of view. Um, it was at a time when Steve was still in the band as well, and uh, there was a lot of kind of jangly acoustic guitar stuff. And I really love that, uh, you know, twelve-string and six-string acoustic stuff, and, and some beautiful uh, analog synth sounds that Tony was using, you know, and many bands were using in the seventies. But I really love the that particular album. And Phil, to be honest, when Phil was singing on those albums, it was very difficult to tell whether it was Phil or Peter uh, in the seventies, you know, because. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Unless you actually knew, uh, you know, I mean, I know this now, obviously, but at the time when I first heard Trick of the Tail, I didn't know whether it was Phil or Peter or who the hell it was. It didn't really matter. It just sounded. And, um, and obviously, Phil spent a lot of time as a backing vocalist for Peter as well. So, you know, Phil's voice was was in in the live recordings, and he was always kind of there. So it didn't really sound too much different to me. If you take an album like Selling England by the Pound, which I I listened to when I was younger, and then you take an album like Trick of the Tail, for me, from a vocal point of view, there wasn't a huge difference. Um, even though now I know it was a different singer, but at the time I didn't know. It was just you know a band I liked. I was younger when. Uh... Uh, Abacab and then uh, the the Mama album and stuff came out. So I got into Genesis first from that perspective, and I thought they were awesome. I had no idea about the early period. 
uh, you know, very early on. Um, and I love, so I can appreciate the, the 80s just as much. I, I love that period. But, um, you know, then going back to the early stuff is amazing too. It's like, it's like having two amazing bands, really. And yeah, it is, uh, and, it's, and it is totally different. I mean, when you, as you, when you get, get to that 80s period you're talking about with, with Abacab and, and uh, uh, Mama and then later Landed Confusion, Invisible Touch, I mean, it, these songs really don't bear any relation to the Battle of Epping Forest or Supper's right. Ready. You know, they're, they're totally different. And yeah. um, you can appreciate both styles for what they are, but my personal preference is with the later sound, not so much, not so much the pop music, if you'll, not so much in songs like Invisible Touch, but more songs like, uh, like as I said, like Mama. I liked That's All as well. I thought it was a great song, even though it's a pop song. I thought it was a great song, and Follow You, Follow Me is a great song. To, I really enjoy playing that acoustically as well. And but the songs on on Trick of the Tail, songs like uh, Ripples and Entangle, they're just absolute masterpieces. They're beautiful songs. Yeah. I want to talk just for a second about, you know, the Calling All Stations album, which I know you've probably talked about, you know, for <laughs> as much as you care to at this point. The title track uh, is, mm -hmm. is one of my favorite Genesis songs ever, really. That song is amazing. And really, with the first time hearing that when it came out, there's that kind of, uh oh, here's a new singer. But I was blown away by it. And I, and I love the album. What sort of went into that? That song in particular, I'm wondering if there's anything you can share and 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 sort of how that kind of came about. I'd I'd be curious. I think I think w what went into that song was my uh, all my, all my uh, inner organs came up through my mouth when I was trying to sing the bloody thing. I remember <laughs> that. Um, it was it was incredibly challenging song to sing because it starts off very relaxed and then it builds and builds and builds and it never seems to stop building, you know, so you really, uh, it took a lot of energy. I remember at the time when I was working with the guys and I, I was also writing songs with them, um, I always remember thinking, right, okay, when are we going to hear Mama? When when are we writing the new Mama, you know? Because mm -hmm. I was, you know, obviously comparing this album, the Calling All Stations album, with, with albums that I'd heard in the past. And I kept waiting for the song that was going to blow me away, you know. And I felt that there was some, you know, there are some good songs on the album, and there's some really nice melodies and stuff. There's also some songs that I think are, you know, could could be better. Um, but calling all stations for me, it was my decision that they should start the album with that song because they were going to start the album, I think, with. As I remember it, with something a little bit more commercial, but I think maybe Congo or something. Hmm. Um, it certainly wasn't going to be calling all stations. And I said to them, I said, "Look, guys, this this is such a great song. Okay, it's not going to get played on radio, but it's such a great song and it's got so much power. Start the album with this, you know." And for me, calling all stations was as close as close to a song like Mama as as we got on that album. I think it's a I wouldn't say it's as good a song as Mama, but it's certainly yeah, it's certainly up there. You know, it's a good song. No, I uh, I, hear, I get what you're saying, and I I think looking back now, that as the opening track seems sort of obvious. Really, I mean, I couldn't I couldn't imagine another track opening that album. Well, yeah, and and it is obvious, but the problem, you know, the problem was at the time. I think Mike and Tony were 
were kind of stuck in the middle of what they wanted to do and what they were expected to do. Right. And I think obviously with, especially in the late 90s, Phil had such an, uh, an incredible career as a solo artist um, and also his, uh, if you like, the, the, the Genesis pop songs that, that existed around that time, like Land of Confusion, Invisible Touch, and I Can't Dance, and these songs, it was it was so huge for them that, that I think artistically they wanted to do kind of something a little bit more retro, um, but there was this pressure always to create the pop song right. that was going to get going to get played on radio and I can understand why they had that pressure of course because you know it's a lot of expectation riding on it but I think this is the reason I think that the the second Genesis album that we would have done together would have been better than Calling All Stations because we would no longer have had that issue to deal with we could have done what we wanted to do right and, I th- and not only that, we could have done what we wanted to do and we could have done it together uh, from, you know, having been a touring band together, having known each other a bit better. Uh, it would have been a different approach. I think with Calling All Stations, for me, I think maybe, uh, you know, 50, 60% of the album I'm happy with, the other 40% I'm not particularly happy with. That's my personal feeling. Right. And. I think had we done the second album together, I don't think I would have had that same feeling. I would have been uh, more satisfied with with the direction we were taking. I think Calling All Stations was trying to take two directions at the same time. Yeah, I can sort of I can sort of get that uh, shipwrecked and like in a couple of those pop songs mixed in with uh, Alien Afternoon, which is which is very prog. So. Um, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from there. Um, so recently you've been working with Steve Hackett on, on some live material, the, the carpet crawlers, uh, uh, that you did with him. Um, how did you get involved with Steve and were you speaking to him, I guess, when you were with Tony and Mike back then, or, or did your relationship with him start, you know, later? I met Steve for the first time, um, eight years ago, probably we, we were, uh, Mike Rutherford was was doing a television program called This Is Your Life, which is a a British TV program that celebrates the life of a, a personality, basically. Huh. And during this program, there's lots of surprise people that come through a door, and Mike doesn't know that they're there. So there was people like Eddie Jordan from Formula One, from um, from the Formula One world. There was some television personalities from Britain, and obviously. And amongst all of this were band members that he'd worked with through the years, whether it's with Mike Mechanics or with Genesis or whatever. Um, so we were doing this TV program. Steve was also there. And that was the first time I met Steve. And he said to me at the time, he actually said, if you ever want me to spoil one of your records, then give me a call, you know, uh, <laughs> which was, was his humor. And uh, I, as it turns out, I didn't give him a call because you know there wasn't didn't seem like a logical reason to do it at the time. Um, however, when he started this Genesis Revisited uh, project, 
his record company in uh, in Germany, Inside Out. Um, I also worked with Inside Out several years ago, um, and Thomas Waber, who you probably know. I don't know if you know Thomas. Yeah, yeah, or not. yeah. I know Thomas. Yeah. But I think Thomas was really the driving force in saying, "Look, why don't you get Ray to sing something with you?" Because you know he's he's got a good voice and he's ex Genesis and all the rest of it. And I also have a very strong fan base in Germany, which is where Inside Out are, are based. And um, so I know Thomas was pushing for this, and I think there's there's a, a bunch of fans that come to regularly come to my shows and that also go to Steve's shows that were saying, you know, why don't you do something with Ray, you know? And, and there's, you know, some social media people would have been saying it on social media, and I guess there was other people that were saying the opposite, you know? Um, but... <laughs> Um, anyway, at the end of the day, Steve contacted me and said, um, you know, would you like to join me on uh, two or three shows? And I said, yeah, sure. So I, I did one in Italy, one in Germany, one in Scotland, where I was born. And um, uh, then we did a, he asked me if I would sing a version of Carpet Crawlers for this kind of second edition of his Genesis Revisited album. So I did that. Uh, the studio version of it, and then if he asked if I would join him at the the Albert Hall in London, which which of course is a really nice venue. So, um, you know, so I did that, and and it's basically just gone on from there. I think um, when I'm singing, a, a lot of that early stuff actually is a little bit too high in my range uh, as a singer, naturally as a singer. You know, I'm a little bit lower. In, in my vocal register than sure. than a lot of that early stuff, but there's a few of the songs like Firth of Fifth and um, and Carpet Crawlers and you know one or two others that are sit very nicely in my vocal range. So we did these songs together and uh, you know it sounded good and, and Steve liked it and it was uh, you know the it was fun working with his band and even working with the the other guys that were singing with him. You know uh, Nad and uh, obviously singing as well so it just seemed like a good thing to do and it came about because we met in a tv show eight years ago <laughs> that's strange yeah i saw recently the his show uh down here in florida which we're, where i'm based out of and um that was fantastic just a really great uh great old school prog concert and, and they do the songs amazingly well so um yeah I mean, if if you like if you like that period of genesis it's it's, it's, it's a good show. Yeah. Um, listen, uh, you know, you, one thing I want to ask you is that you said you listen to a lot of American music, so I, I would love to know sort of what you're into uh, these days, uh, any older bands or new bands that you sort of uh, listen to. Well, ironically, I'm not, I'm not really much of a prog fan at all. Um, <laughs> um, I, when I was younger, I would listen to um, Rush and Pink Floyd and Peter Gabriel's solo career and some Genesis, and that was about the extent of my, if you like, prog listening. Um, I think anything in recent times that even comes close to that progressive world would have been a band like Radiohead from, from the UK, um, or Muse perhaps, but, but I'm not really much of a prog listener. What I liked in the, from the US really came from my father, who spent most of his time listening to uh, Bob Dylan and Neil Young and Bruce Springsteen, Jackson Brown, Willie Nelson, all these guys. So 
actually a lot of what I like from the US is in that area in that genre of music I also like a lot of uh, the rock music like for example um, uh, Pearl Jam back in the, my Stiltskin days Pearl Jam were one of our main influences and then you know they're still, they're still a great band I also like Live who I believe are Canadian actually not uh, not a yeah I think that's U. right yeah I, like, I thought Live were one of the best rock bands, certainly the best rock bands of the 90s, that's for sure. Um, I like singer-songwriters now, but uh, guys like Ray LaMontagne, to be honest, I don't know if Ray LaMontagne's American or English, but um, <laughs> he's a great singer. And uh, But the American stuff really goes, it's more in this kind of singer-songwriter sure. world, and it comes from my father endlessly playing these artists who, when I was young, I thought they all sounded terrible, and the older I got, the more I fell in love with what they were doing. You know? Yeah, they don't have those naturally pretty voices, but when you get into the depth of the music, it's, exactly. it's great stuff. Uh, listen, Ray, like I said, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your work, and I'm really just thrilled to get a chance to speak with you today. It's really been uh, fun for me. Good uh, success on the DVD and your next album, which you know I hope we get to hear. So, Okay, very nice to speak to you. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Bye. Mike. Thanks to Ray for the interview. We're going to close with a track off the live album 20 Years and More, a track called Easier That Way. For more information and upcoming interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Thanks.
take a moment to reflect